This is What's with Washington, where you ask the questions about our region, about the place we live, about your neighborhood. This is What's with Washington, where you ask the questions about our region and WAMU answers. I'm Michaela Lafrac. In this episode, we're talking about Metro. And love it or hate it, and I know lots of people hate it, it's one of the most convenient ways to get around D.C. That is, unless you're going to Georgetown. Today's question comes from Chris Scaptura. He's from Springfield and is an Avon Metro rider. And he wanted to know why there's no Georgetown Metro. I'd always wondered when I moved down from New York um, why it never went into Georgetown. It went around Georgetown. It went above Georgetown. It went below Georgetown, but it didn't go through Georgetown. I don't know if it went above Georgetown, but I'll, I'll play along with it. Chris has heard some theories for why there is no public transit around there. So I started asking friends who who were uh, native Washingtonians, and many of them said, oh, the people of Georgetown didn't want it. They were concerned that it was going to bring uh, crime into the Georgetown area. I've heard that theory a lot, too. I'm really curious if it's true, um, because even now that I live in D.C., Georgetown's still super hard to get to, even though it's this big commercial hub, there's a beautiful public waterfront, all these things that people would want to go to. So I'm curious what's up with that. Here to help us answer that very important question is WAMU's transportation reporter, Jordan Pascal. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Michaela. Let's start at the very, very beginning. When was Georgetown first founded? Yeah, founded in 1751, one of the oldest communities in the area, and basically built on the idea of good transportation at the time, which is rivers. Hmm. You know, it's right on the Potomac River there. Um, and it was basically the farthest north the boats could get before the river got really rocky or silty. So right. it basically was the farthest north that you could get. It turned into this big shipping hub for tobacco and other crops and um, predates D.C. by 40 years. So. Oh, wow. So I remember hearing that Georgetown had a pretty significant African-American population back then, too. Is that right? Right. They made up about a third of the population before the Civil War. And remember, we're talking 1700s, 1800s. And so, you know, most African-Americans in Georgetown were slaves. A lot of people not there by choice. Um, If you remember, D.C. um, outlawed slavery during the Civil War before a lot of other places did. And so a lot of people came to the district to to run away from slavery. And so the Georgetown population grew a lot after the Civil War. Uh, And then, you know, African-Americans made up about half of the population after the Civil War. Oh, really? And how did people get to and from that area before, you know, the days of cars and public transit? You know, horseback was a lot of it. I read this great book on Pierre Charles Lafont. And, you know, when he was designing the federal city back in uh, 1791, he rode on horseback to get to Georgetown. And he stayed at uh, Souter's Fountain Inn in Georgetown when he was designing the city. So, I mean, you know, if you think that far back, Georgetown was really kind of the hub back yeah. then. Um, and but, the canal's there too, right? Right. So the the river got really silted uh, badly enough that they couldn't navigate it as well. And so the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal was built in the late 1820s, uh, and that connected Georgetown to points north like Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. Later, uh, in the 1860s, there was horse-drawn streetcars. Um, the electric streetcar lines went through the area until the 60s. All right, so when they're first laying out the the metro map, what was the first section that they decided to build? Yeah, so in 76, the first red line portion opened from Rhode Island Avenue to Farragut North. Living in the suburbs will be easier. A quick, quiet, air-conditioned ride puts you downtown for work. 
So only a few stations, but just kind of that beginning of that U-shape of the red line. Okay. And even back then, Farragut North was like the center of places where people wanted to work. Yeah. Think like. about what all is down there. The you know the lobbying, the the government. That Kava. Kind of the Metro, when in full operation in 1980, will move thousands of riders daily in quiet comfort and will preserve unmarred the dignified plan of our nation's capital. So when the designers of Metro were trying to figure out where to put all of these brand new stations and how to structure this Metro map, what types of things were they taking into consideration? So I talked to Zachary Schrag. He's a George Mason University history professor. He wrote the book on the history of Metro. It's called The Great Society Subway. The original conception of Metro was to supplement a massive system of freeways. Originally, the planners said, let's build all the highways we can imagine, and only where there's no more room left to pave will we put in some rapid transit in order to handle the overflow. And with the Kennedy administration, uh, people reversed that logic. Do you know if they were even thinking about putting a metro station in Georgetown? Because, I mean, if it's been around forever, then it seems like it would have been on their list. Yeah, they weren't seriously thinking about it. I mean, it was in discussions. But there was a number of considerations when they were building this. I mean, you know, they wanted to reach the most people. They wanted to hit commuting centers. Uh, there was a lot of kind of geologic and geometric concerns. And then lastly, money. You know, it took a lot to build this stuff. I'm curious about the geologic concerns. What what were they thinking about? Yeah, well, think where Georgetown's at. I mean, you've got the river right there. Um, the When they were building... The blue and orange lines back then, uh, Roslyn was, you know, one of the where they were connecting in Virginia. And, you know, it's not that far between Roslyn and Georgetown. But to go under the river, you had to get pretty deep. And then if you wanted to pop up in the hub of Georgetown, it would be a pretty dramatic incline. And metro trains can only go up a certain incline. So they just it just wasn't physically possible back in the day. Okay, so it's sort of starting to congeal in my mind. So even though there there are like a good number of people that live in Georgetown, it's a lot of like single family homes, not huge apartment buildings. And it sounds like the people who are designing Metro were focused more on employment hubs rather than like places with a lot of shops. Nailed it, yeah. Coming up after the break, we now know why Georgetown doesn't have a metro station, but that doesn't make the neighborhood any easier to get to. So our bus is coming in two minutes or 27 minutes. That's in just a minute. This month at WAMU, we're lifting our voices to shine a light on black changemakers throughout American history. Some you know and some you don't, but they all change the world. Go to wamu.org slash lift every voice to learn the stories of these incredible African-American changemakers and to hear special interviews spotlighting those who have impacted the arts, sciences, sports, and activism. Go to wamu.org slash lift every voice. Hey, it's Jordan. There are so many questions about transportation in this region, and I dig into these issues every day in the WAMU Regional Newsroom. You know, I go to Metro board meetings or test out the new scooters in town. Transportation questions and answers, it's what I do. It's reporting that's made possible by listeners like you, and you can join in today. Click the link in the show notes and make a gift. And thanks. Hey, we're back. I'm here with Jordan Pascal, WAMU's transportation reporter. And so the rumor is that fancy Georgetown residents didn't want a metro because it would bring in crime and unsavory people. 
Is there any evidence there? Is there any actual link that you've found? I mean, there's been studies, um, uh, you know, across the country, Atlanta, other places uh, that looked at crime before and after transit stops opened. And, you know, there wasn't any findings of major significance. You know, this narrative is often used when when new transit projects come into usually middle class or upper class white suburban neighborhoods. I covered a kind of a controversial light rail project um, when I was a reporter in Norfolk, Virginia. They were looking at extending it from Norfolk, which is, you know, a majority black city, a poorer city than neighboring Virginia Beach, which is kind of white, affluent, you know, residents there. Even this was, you know, just three or four years ago saying that, um, you know, I'm concerned that somebody's going to come take the train and come to my house and steal a TV and jump back on the train. Um, That seems like a really inefficient way to steal a TV. Yeah. the, The logic there didn't quite make sense because, I mean, you know, and there's a lot of cameras on transit and stuff, but basically (laughs) what it boils down to is this idea of, you know, it opens the door for new people to come in that, you know, it's a little racist. If there is no metro, there obviously isn't, how... Today, how does somebody get to Georgetown? Our producer Patrick and I went down to Georgetown using public transit. So how long is this supposed to take? Uh, in a good day, 29 minutes. Took a Glenmont-bound train, and he and I got off at DuPont Circle, which is one way to get there. There's multiple ways, but we got off at DuPont Circle, and we thought it'd be a good idea to take the circulator bus. And, all right, so we're going to go westbound to Roslyn. Which goes from DuPont and goes through Georgetown. We're at 19th and N. So our bus is coming in two minutes or 27 minutes. Let's not miss this one. No. We didn't have that kind of time. That is an impossible amount of time to wait for a bus. Well, Patrick and I, uh, well, first I took a wrong turn down the road. There's a lot of spokes in DuPont. I don't know if you know this, but I I went down the wrong street. It's big of you to admit that. Yes, uh, it's my bad. Uh, And that turn cost us. Oh no! There it is. There's our bus. Here we go. Do we? It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Wait, but it's probably slow enough that we can maybe catch it at the next stop. Unless it's ahead of. Oh nope, it's gone. I have run for buses or trains before. This time we did not. So then the the bus pulls away and you walk all the way to Georgetown. Yeah, and that took us about 25 minutes, and we we were on time for our interview, but um, kind of shows the pitfalls of. Uh, trying to get there via public transit. Yeah, not so easy. No. Aren't there other areas of the region, like you mentioned, that that need stations more than Georgetown? Yeah, I mean, it depends on your point of view, I suppose. I mean, like, you know, a lot of people want their own metro stop, including... uh, I want my own metro stop. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if you think about, uh, you know, kind of the equity perspective, more lower-income neighborhoods could use metro stops. Or maybe if you live somewhere that doesn't have one and you particularly want metro, uh, you'll want it there. We talked to Melissa Anderson. She lives in Arlington. She's a researcher at the Howard University Transportation Research Center. And we asked her where she would want to put a metro station. Uh, I'll say it as not like the professional, but as a selfish human being, probably to the area of Georgetown into Arlington, just so there's more connections between my city. Um, But if you ask me based on actual need, probably Ward 8 there's, you know, some people who want Metro to become this thing that that 
brings people from far away into the city for work. And then there are other people who want it to work sort of like like the the Paris metro does, where there's a ton of stops within the city itself, and you use it just to get around a very dense area. Yeah, I mean, New York has 450, 500 stops. Metro has 90-something. So, you know, the way those systems were developed are so different from today. You know, if you think about Paris and New York, those were, um, you know, 100 hundreds of years ago. DC's Metro was created after cars were invented. Do you think that there is still a chance that Metro could put a stop in Georgetown then? So Metro is actually studying the idea of a Georgetown Metro right now, but it's not so much a specific Georgetown stop. It's kind of uh, addressing an issue at the uh, Roslyn Tunnel, which is the tunnel that carries the blue, orange, and silver lines. There's a lot of trains going through there right now, a ton of congestion. So one of the ideas is to break off that blue line and then create a new line that goes basically Georgetown and kind of connects to Union Station. So, oh, so Georgetown would kind of inadvertently benefit from this new this tunnel. This bigger problem, yes. Mm-hmm. Would it be a new color? The I line? think it would still be blue, oh. at least from things that I've seen. Mm, fine. So even if there is a decision to build a metro at Georgetown, it's going to take years and years and years. Decades. Um, in the meantime, what are some of the maybe more short-term solutions that people have thrown out there. Yeah, I mean, if we go back to like the early 2000s, the DC Circulator was kind of an initiative pushed by the business community to to get people moving around places that you couldn't get to by Metro. So that's that, the the red the, bus, it costs, is it a dollar or it's free? Yellow. It, it was free for about nine months this year and it costs a dollar. And they have a um, set route. There's and, a couple of them that have set routes around the city. Correct, okay. yeah. And uh, so that's uh, one way that that people get there. Okay. Um, another way that got started uh, before I got here, but is kind of well known in the transportation sphere, is the gondola. I don't know. The gondola. Do, do you remember this conversation? I've heard about it. Yes. It feels this like it, it bubbles up every every couple months or years, and everyone gets really excited about it. And it then is like, oh god, like how do you actually build a gondola across? It go across the Potomac, right? Right. We thought it would be a good idea to check out where the gondola would actually go. And since we already took Metro and tried to take the bus, we thought we'd give driving a shot this time. It's 4.15. It's a Monday. And uh, we're going to race. But I will say, drive safely, ride your bike safely. All set. Let's go. Let's take Wisconsin Avenue, Northwest Washington. Uh, Wisconsin kind of feeds down straight into Georgetown. I mean, it's kind of an area that's used heavily in the the commuting hours, so. So we just parked, um, and we were walking. It took us half an hour, including uh, by the time we parked. That took us 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Oh, look look who it is, rolling up on her bicycle. One, one Michaela LaFrac. Probably slightly sweatier than both of you. Mm-hmm. Just too much. Okay, let me lock this right here. Bye. Back up. Uh, well, we're at kind of the middle, or the kind of main intersection of Georgetown. We've got Wisconsin here, M Street there. I know we're here to learn about why Georgetown doesn't have a metro, but I'm not exactly sure what we're here to see. It's been shrouded in secrecy. So back in the day, if they would have put a metro in Georgetown, mm-hmm. this is where the community thought it should go. Oh, really? I mean, the two major intersections of the area. And I gotta say, it seems like people have figured out how to make their way to Georgetown 
even without the metro. Like this place is always so crowded. You've got a metro bus, another mm -hmm. metro bus. Tied you got a circulator behind it. You've <laughs> got, uh, uh, you know, a lot of pedestrians. There's, yeah, you could get here if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Are we going? Oh, I think I know where we're going. Where? Can I say? Yeah. The Exorcisters? Yeah. Yes. But I don't really remember why that's relevant. I really wish there were snacks. But we're close, we're close. We're at the famous Exorcist Steps. The steps near Georgetown, they are tall, they are narrow. They are. And I think a priest or somebody was pushed down them, I don't know. Actually, or just in the movie? I think just in the movie. Oh, okay. I think, I hope. I don't I'll know. believe anything you say right now. So. Anyways, well, so historical landmark in that in that way, but also uh, a potential landmark in that huh. this is where the Georgetown bid wants the gondola to go. Oh, so this is where it would start, and then it would go across the yeah. river? So if you're, you're looking across the river, we've got the Key Bridge. We've also got the Roslyn skyline over yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, they said this is ideally where they want the gondola to end. Interesting. So people seem genuinely excited about this whole gondola idea, but do you think it would actually do a good job as like a mass transit solution? When I first heard about it, I was like, I don't, that seems like a tourist attraction more yeah. than like an actual transportation solution. But I mean, there's a lot of people that are behind it um, for the reasons that they see it connecting to the Roslyn Metro and getting you over the river in about six minutes. Um, one person that's really excited about the gondola idea is Joe Sternleave. He's the head of the Georgetown Business Improvement District. They're totally ADA accessible. You can push a stroller onto it, a wheelchair onto it. Um, you can put a bicycle um, on the outside of it and store the bicycle um, and take it with you. So they're really highly functional, highly safe, um, and, um, and very reliable. You know what would be hilarious? A high-speed gondola. That just like flung you across just really, like a, really fast. A slingshot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if like OSHA or I don't know who's in charge of that would approve, but whatever. Probably not. Is there any thought of bringing back the horse-drawn streetcar? Please tell me yes, Jordan. I don't think horse-drawn no. uh, streetcar could be a thing. Uh, DC has this large plan for the streetcar network, and you know it's it's on H Street right now, and it's running, and it's you know it's. Got its purpose. Uh, they're building uh, the Benning Road extension the other way. So they're okay. going to extend it to the east for now. But kind of this grand plan is that it would run down K Street and eventually get into Georgetown, whether or not it happens. Well, do you we'll have, have a crystal ball? Out. I don't. I forgot it at home. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. This episode was produced by Julia Karen, Ruth Tam, Patrick Fort, Ponzi Rutch, and me, Michaela Lafrac. Our theme music is by Ben Privet. Jake Cherry mixed today's show. WAMU's general manager is JJ Yore. Andy McDaniel oversees all our content. What are your questions about the Washington region? We want to hear them. Submit them at our webpage, wamu.org slash what's with. While you're there, you should totally browse around. We've answered a ton of questions from you, our listeners. New episodes of What's With Washington drop every Tuesday. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. And maybe suggest the show to a friend, too. All right, that's it for this week. I'm Michaela LaFrac. Thanks so much for listening, and see you next time.